Similarly, now with the current digital transformation 2.0, providing integrated experience, a small business can have similar kind of capability on the process workflows like a large company. So the autonomous enterprise could be a large enterprise, an autonomous enterprise could be a one-member enterprise, but still be highly effective. Welcome to the Agile Digital Transformation Podcast, where we explore different aspects of digital transformation and digital experience with your host, Tim Butera, Content and Community Manager at Agile Drop. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Our guest today is Pari Natarajan, CEO of Zino, a global management and consulting firm with core expertise in globalization, product engineering, and digital transformation. Today, we have a great topic for you. We'll be discussing the transition from digital transformation 1.0 to the next phase, digital transformation 2.0. It's the phase that we're in right now and which is characterized particularly by integrated experiences. Pari, welcome to the show. It's really great having you here with us today. Do you want to add anything before we begin our awesome discussion? Thanks, Tim. Thanks for inviting me for the session. Super excited about the podcast. Yeah, I'm also very excited. As we kind of discussed in the intro call uh, that we had when we kind of when we kind of determined the topic, we realized that it's definitely a topic worth discussing. A topic that's important to a lot of our listeners, but one that maybe doesn't really get talked about that much. So let's get right down to business. Absolutely. So, of course, the first thing that we need to cover, Pari, is digital transformation 1.0. And I'm interested particularly in kind of the time frame behind it, the main reasons and objectives behind it. And we also, when we had the intro call, you mentioned the phrase digital plumbing, the term digital plumbing that kind of characterizes this phase. And I think that we also need to break this term down a little bit for our listeners. Absolutely. Digital transformation 1.0 started a decade ago. And and that's when we had entire infrastructure, IT infrastructure moved from a client server infrastructure to a cloud uh, capability. So on the the back end, you had the cloud infrastructure getting built up. And on the front end, you start to see mobile phones evolve, get better and better. Then you start to see factories get installed with a sensor. So IoT got enabled. So you have the backend got enabled through cloud infrastructure so that even if you're a small business, you had the same capability and infrastructure like a large company. That you didn't have to, you can use the infrastructure pay as you go. The business model also changed. So I'm able to consume as much as I want. I can pay for that. So both in terms of the infrastructure creation as well as the consumption model changed because of cloud. And then with mobile phones and IoT sensors and all that, on the edge side, the technology got a lot more sophisticated. And that's what we call a digital plumbing. Right? We moved from a traditional client-server model into a, a mobile IoT cloud infrastructure over the last 10 years. And then you can see the benefits of that when we went into COVID, where we were able to communicate and almost like this kind of podcast really started during uh, that period where people are able to uh, communicate, collaborate uh, remotely, and that was enabled by this uh, digital plumbing. And, and we are now moving into the next phase, which is what we're calling digital transformation 2.0. But and that's a definition of digital plumbing, if you say that the digital transformation 1.0 over the last 10 years. So plumbing in this sense, it kind of means like 
kind of getting rid of inefficiencies, but not really streamlining and optimizing this. And now with the next phase, this is the thing that we'll focus on. Exactly. So you're building a new house and then you, you modernize your plumbing. Right? Now it enables a lot of new use cases. Uh, and that's what we are going to explore over the next uh, next decade in digital transformation. Well, we're also, we're also going to explore it over the next five minutes or so here on the podcast. So yeah, let's talk about DT 2.0. Uh, I'm particularly interested here in why and how this move happened. And uh, we also need to define, you know, obviously integrated experiences and how we create integrated experiences. And if there are any other main characteristics besides integrated experiences that really mark digital transformation 2.0. Absolutely. So if you think about technology evolution, talked about cloud, mobile, you know, all of these foundational technology, and digital transformation 2.0 is really about now adopting technology like AI, technology around blockchain, and other technology, convergence of these technologies. Let's look at a workflow. I can explain this in a workflow of an enterprise. If you look at the workflow of an enterprise, so what happened in during the last 10 years in digital transformation 1.0, it's about digitization of processes. So you had companies like RPA companies, which came in. They said, okay, now there is a manual process which is being done. I'm going to automate it using RPA. Then there are companies which will digitize your documents. You have all of the manual documents. Let's say you're doing a, a loan origination process. You have all of these manual documents. And that got digitized using what we call as intelligent document processing technology. Then you had call centers, right? Where people are calling in and saying, hey, I have this issue with your product. That was enabled through IVR, natural language processing, and that information got digitized. So that was the initial part of how digitization happened. Now you have all of this digital information and you had this information stored on the data infrastructure built on cloud. Uh, you had companies like Snowflake, data breaks, which build the data infrastructure. So now you're able to deliver insights on all the data you, you captured during digitization of the one dollar part. So the second phase of that is one is digitization. And the second phase is now insight creation. Okay, now I know what is happening in my business. Right? I can monitor it and I can make decisions in terms of what I need to do. But the decision-making was manual. So I, I, I look at the insights, then I'll say, okay, now I need to make a decision. I will make a decision. For example, like somebody is calling into a call center and say, hey, I, I my flight has changed and I want a refund. So then it call the call center agent, it gets automated. Then it call actually goes to a call center agent. They physically answer the call, the initial part of digitized, but the actual action was done by a, a manual uh, agent. But that is not a good experience for the individual, right? The individual, it takes more time. The options are lesser. The experience is defined by the human who's on the side. Depends on how that person is. And now going into the next phase with all the technology like LLM and other technology, we are moving into a model where the issue is also going to be resolved. So the first is about digitization. Second is about insight creation. Third is about action and resolution. So now the whole process of refunding or even giving them an option, hey, you know, I don't, you might not want to refund, but I can give you another 
option that you can use it in XYZ way, but so instead of refund, you're also able to keep the money. So all of this is now dynamically decided based on the persona of the person, the insight which has been generated, similar calls which have happened before, based on that the mission is able to make prediction on the action and able to actually resolve the issue. In this scenario, the customer gets a better experience. The human uh, don't have to answer this call. They're able to monitor and maybe come back into, into the conversation if there is something else they need to do. So it improves the, the employee experience over handling the call. And it also improves the partner experience, right? Partner in this scenario, if it, let's say it's a call travel agent who's doing this, the, the partner in this scenario is an airline. So you are enabling the revenue for the airline as well, right? By, by providing alternate for the customer. So in this scenario, the customer experience is improved, the employee experience is improved, as well as your partner experience is improved. That's what we mean by integrated experience. So you moved in digital transformation 1.0 from pure digitization into a into a period, uh, in intermediate period, which is more an insight generation, digitized it, I mean, generating insights. Now we are getting into a period of, of resolution and action. And, and that's the interesting part, right? Right now, like the, I like to talk about call center agents could be completely automated. Your loan origination process could be completely automated. So you are moving into a, a, a mode where at least parts of the processes of the organization can be autonomous, right? And the future is in what we call it's an autonomous enterprise. When all of these processes could be completely automated, and um, think of if you think of an if you're a small business, right? If you're a small business, you need help with your CRM, you need help with your supply chain, you need help with your e-commerce site, you need help with a lot of this. So you need to hire, let's say, ten people. But if somebody has an idea, a lot of this could be completely automated. So individuals now can operate a small enterprise without hiring a lot of people. So then extend that, like what happened during cloud, during cloud transformation, a small business had the same infrastructure like a large enterprise. Similarly, now with the current digital transformation 2.0, providing integrated experience, a small business can have similar kind of capability on the process workflows like a large company. So the autonomous enterprise could be a large enterprise, an autonomous enterprise could be a one-member enterprise, but still be highly effective, right? That's a world we are moving in and we'll have massive implications, the implication around employment, right? We are um, the 200 years and the whole industrial evolution is really re recent, right? 200, 300 years when people have to go to work for somebody else and follow a set of process to be able to deliver it. But now if I can enhance my exp experience augmented with, digi with digital capabilities around me and make it automated, then the number of people who are required to work for other people might reduce and they can enhance their skill and be their own um, employee, right? And own uh, owner of their own business. That could have a fundamental shift in terms of overall economics of different countries, right? That's why you're super excited about, it's not only a technology change, it could also potentially be a start of a massive societal change across the world. I think a phrase that you used when we were when we were initially discussing all this or or like the way you phrased it was that we're moving from a system of records to a system of experience, if I remember correctly, right? Can we talk a little bit more about this and what 
other new kind of best practices people and businesses will have to follow in this new system to succeed? Exactly. So if you look at system of records, system of records is about capturing your organizational truth in data. So you have a CRM system, you could use HubSpot or Salesforce, you have SAP, which is running your supply chain and merchandising. Uh, you have different systems that could be internal systems. So you have all of this data in the organization. A system of experiences, now th- not in- instead of thinking about your infrastructure as system which record the data, but a system which manages the experience, right? So you look at the way you think about IT is, what are the different ways a customer touches my organization? Every touch point is an experience. How do I, an employee, interact with the company from an onboarding, engagement, learning and development, in onboarding them from the company? That's all of them are touch points of an employee. Similarly, a partner, a vendor or supplier, how they integrate. So your technology systems are not think about, okay, I'm going to look at sales system to capture all the data and store it, but I'm going to now think about experience across all of this and bring it together. So that's what we call a system of experience and driving automation and also creating new experience, an experience which is not possible before, but you're able to use, create new experience using some of the newer modern technologies, which is built on the digital plumbing, which happened during digital transformation one So basically, if you want integrated experiences, a system of experience is basically the basis for that. Exactly, exactly. And another thing, returning back to the societal aspect that that you were talking about before, I'm interested because, you know, so many of the younger generations, such as millennials and Generation Z, are now uh, huge parts of the workforce and are making all of these business decisions and driving digitalization. What's the role of something like, for example, sustainability in the current phase of DT? All right. So let's let's step one level back and look at what does the current generation look at and what the, the generation before looked at. Generally before looked at um, a job as a way to make a living. And they were not necessarily tying that to the passion of what they want to do, right? A job is something that gave me a living. I might do something else and that. So that's an expectation set on what would they do. But today, Gen Y, Gen, Gen Z, they are looking at how do I get satisfaction from the job I do? What is the purpose of the job I do? It's more the way they think about a job is a lot more holistic. So you're right. So where sustainability becomes a very important, right? And, and uh, is it helping them? Are they working for somebody which has a strong purpose? A lot of this becomes very, very important, right? And, and that's why this whole integrated experience allows them, an employee, to, to augment that. So you don't, you're not doing some just manual work um, because manual work is being automated. So you are able to use your empathy. You're able to use other capabilities you already have when you're interacting with the customer. So the, the job satisfaction is much higher. The second is, if you are a, a Gen Z employee, a lot of skills, they're able to do multiple things, right? You don't have to you know, think of an employee during 100 years ago, go to an assembly line, and all you're doing is screwing something up. And that's all you do the entire day. And you're doing, st- people are doing time studies and they're making you more efficient doing one thing. But going forward, our expectation from the Gen Z workers is, they will play a variety of role in an enterprise. 
and they'll be augmented with a mission to enable them to be successful across all of these. So the level of satisfaction they will gain will be very high. Those are things around that. I'll talk a little bit about sustainability and talk about sustainability. And the studies we have done with our customers, what it says is about 10 to 15 percent of efficiency can be broadened into an organization by just managing your digital operations better. Like, for example, right, if you have a mission, if you're working very close to the tolerance of the mission, then the amount of fuel the mission will consume, electricity will consume will be lower. So if you could monitor the entire factory, if you can monitor all, all of the assembly line and you're able to operate it at a very low uh, tolerance level, that will improve efficiency. That's a sustainability. So digital transformation 2.0 also allow you to drive sustainability. It is also allowing companies to make decisions on what kind of product. Let's say I'm designing a product. So it is able to give you material decisions in the time you're designing the product. And then say, hey, here are the materials uh, you are, which is available for you. It also provides you the list of vendors whom you can buy these materials who are certified to a level of sustainability. So the supply chain understanding is in the tip of a designer who's making a decision on a product they need to build, uh, and they can build it for circularity. They can build it for sustainability. That also leads to the, you know, the purpose of the designer. Right? So a lot of these is uh, going to be enabled by the transformation tool. And also in the context of connected experiences, the reputation of a sustainable brand will also translate into a more positive customer experience because, because Gen Z and Gen Y aren't just major parts of the workforce, but also major parts of the consumer force, basically. Absolutely, absolutely. In terms of they're very aware about the kind of product they need to build and and and, and also the, the linkage, right? What what uh, if you're a if you're a Gen Y and you're a customer, you're buying a particular product, you want to know what happens after you really after you not use the product, right? You return the product. And then what happens to the circularity? What happens to the material which were released? It's not junk, it's not going somewhere else. So they they would want higher level of transparency and around the life cycle of the product. And that is going to be enabled through digital transformation 2.0. Because you're able to track the circularity of the product through the life cycle of the product as it goes back into being part of some other product, right? So, so that's a very interesting part. You are exactly right. right? The, they, they'll be a lot more aware in terms of what they want to buy. And that will also enable companies to adopt these, some of these technologies. So now, Pari, to kind of reinforce, because mostly now we've just been discussing kind of big picture, more theoretical stuff, but I want to kind of reinforce the points that we made so far. And I'm wondering if you have some really great examples of successful digital transformation 2.0 in some of the major industries, such as like retail, banking, automotive, and et cetera. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, if you think of, you know, automotive is a great example, right? If you think of integrated experience, today, you know, you, you are able to think about the evolution of the autonomous uh, driving and with what is going to happen is the, the LLM models, which is deployed in chat GPT, it's now going to be used in, in the autonomous driving system. It's going to be a matter of time. In the next few months, six months, you start to see the technology being included in that. So you're suddenly your cars are going to be a lot more smarter. And think of the, the number of uh, the reduction in the number of accidents which is going to happen on the road, right? That's one. And it's going to free up 
at least one to two hours of time in everybody's life every day, especially we are, most of the people live in suburban and, and travel quite a bit for work. So you have efficiency in terms of one, it, it reduces the number of hours you need to drive. So you can do something else with it. Second, it reduces the number of accidents. Third, it will increase the value of the asset. Right Now I buy a car and I'm, I'm, I'm driving into the office. The car is sitting idle. The car can be used now as a taxi or the Uber. The car can go and earn money for me. And it can be ready for me when I come back and I go back. So this is the future where the value is going to, and the car gets going to get better and better. So your value of the car is now going to depreciate, which is what happens today with the, with the traditional cars. The value of the car could appreciate because the car has learned a lot more about a particular location. And, and, and because of the intelligence and the particular location, like how a wisdom, right? If you're, a, if you're in a job for a long time, you gain wisdom and you get paid more. So the car is going to gain wisdom with all the knowledge over a particular location. So the, the value of the car is going to increase. So think of your time is getting reduced. You're getting more efficient. Your, your risk of accidents is reduced. And the car is it's also an asset you're able to monetize, like a house you are, you're renting out. But only for a period of time, almost like an, I think of it like an Airbnb, right? Your, your car is like an Airbnb. Mm -hmm. you, can, you can rent when we are using it. And then the value appreciates uh, like a house. So, so a lot of this could fundamentally change in a depreciating asset, right? And, and that's an example of what is, you know, in the future for us in, in automotive. So uh, the future definitely has a lot of interesting stuff in store for us. I think we, we mentioned that even the phase that we're in right now is basically just a transition to the next phase, which I, I believe we mentioned one concept that, that uh, stuck out to me that you spoke about earlier was the autonomous enterprise that we're moving towards. Do you have any other predictions on what this next phase of digital transformation will be kind of marked by. Yeah, so the other dimension is in terms of how we can entertain, mm -hmm. right? So right now, uh, the way we, we did talk about metaverse, but you think of metaverse as a technology, which it got kind of this, the hype of LLM models overtook metaverse in the last three months. But in, in some level, metaverse is also going to be very real because what we think of LLM, what does it do, right? It's able to generate content. and then we and in the, already you have gaming uh, games you, you play which is you know, which is interactive you combine that and we can also look at a future where your entertainment you are almost like inside a movie in a metaverse and you're able to interact and your interaction changes the scope course of the course of the movie so you the way you experience entertainment is going to change uh, in the future so that's another industry you know which is going to massively uh, massively disrupt, right? And then we talked about direct to consumer. Mm -hmm. So, like, if if you are an influencer, right? Um, if you are an influencer, then you have audience. You have millions of people, or even hundred thousand people. Now you can automate everything. So you have an idea for a particular product. You can automate the creation of the product, which you get somewhere in some uh, design by somebody else, which is which is being manufactured in China, and there is a logistic company. Um, which is able to ship it directly to the consumer and you own the whole experience of that, right? You don't have to be an Amazon platform. You don't have to be anything else. You ex you own the complete experience as long as you have audience. 
you're able to do that automatically, your taxes automatically filed, your collection is managed by uh, your, your digital agents. Think of like uh, you, you are a small business, you have all of these agents doing those work for you. These are all AI agents. So that's another another model what we, we see will, will evolve, the creation of the digital agents who will do the work of individuals for partly in different roles. And we will start to use them in a personal life but also if you're a business, you also have to use them in your, in your work life. And that, and that transformation is also happening very quickly. Definitely a lot of innovation still on the horizon, kind of across the board. And I just want to, like in the context of the immersive experiences uh, that, that you mentioned, I, I remembered, have you ever read when you were a kid, have you ever read those time machine books when you could like, okay, yeah, yeah. choose this and go to page X and then, you know, you chose that and you got something, something bad, like, I don't know, get eaten by dinosaurs. And you're like, no, 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 no. I chose the other one. And I'm just like thinking about what something like this could look like if it was happening in the metaverse, probably a lot of potential there still. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. right? So the entertain entertainment and the way we know is going to get, you know, redefined. Well, Pari, this has been a very, very interesting and a great discussion. Uh, definitely a lot of moving parts, a lot of things still to discuss. And probably if we had this conversation uh, or another one in like six months time, everything would be completely different. So we might need to do it again sometime in the near future. But uh, before we wrap up this one, if uh, listeners right now would like to maybe reach out to you or le learn more about Zeno, learn more about you, uh, where would you point them to? Yeah, they can go to our website, zeno.com. Uh, you can find all of the information. They can hook me up on LinkedIn. Um, those are two locations, I guess, they will get more information about Zeno and myself. Well, Pari, thanks again so much for joining us today. It's been great discussing this with you. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for the time. Uh, enjoy the conversation. Well, to our listeners, that's all for this episode. Have a great day, everyone, and stay safe. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to check out our other episodes, you can find all of them at agiledrop.com slash podcast, as well as on all the most popular podcasting platforms. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues.